Hey, hey, everybody. It's time for another episode of What is Past is Prologue. I'm the past. And I'm the prologue. And we cut a uh, podcast, what was it? It's been almost two weeks ago now, week and a half, something like that. Yeah, just about. And um, we dropped a few um, potential... uh, I don't know if you want to call them Easter eggs in the last one as to what this episode might be about. But if you guessed that this episode was going to be about the show Avatar The Last Airbender, you were correct. Yay to everyone who guessed. We made it very <laughs> obvious. I was not hiding it at all. Yeah. Um, so uh, what you been up to? Everything good? Yeah, everything's good. Uh, life is simultaneously busier and not busier it's like the lead up to being busy so like you've got to get all the stuff ready for when you're got when you're going to be real busy but between that it's just like a whole lot of sitting so mm-hmm. it's like you don't know it's like should i be doing something <laughs> and then you realize you don't need to well um we'll uh we'll get along with this because i know you've got uh, munchies and uh i don't want to get i do uh, i've literally ordered food Two minutes ago, <laughs> so I don't I want went down to, to grab uh, it before this. Don't want to get into your supper time too much. So uh, now you're okay. I can um, reheat this. Okay, so uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, first thing, uh, do you want to do a quick rundown of the show, what it's about, that kind of thing? I would love nothing more. I feel like before I get into that, though, that it's important to note I, we mention a lot in these episodes. That, um, like, there's, we're like, none of these are really bad. Like, this is all just our opinion. The whole thing is very good. I am largely of the opinion that there may be nothing we cover on this podcast that has fewer flaws overall than Avatar does. I'm going to throw that out into the universe right now. It's not a flawless product. Okay. But I think it is one of the most well put together things we will talk about as a whole. I have to say that it's definitely um, been one of my favorite uh, episodic animated shows that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, if you viewers may remember this from a few episodes back, we talked about briefly about our lifetime top 10 lists. And this is in my lifetime top 10 list for TV. I don't see another, especially another animated show surpassing this for me in any way i rewatch this show every year without fail i i don't it's not on mine yet but i will say it may end up with a spot because um i I never had more fun watching something with the whole family because your mom would watch it your sister would watch it you and i and we sat down i mean we watched it first run we would sit down and um and view new episodes together like while we ate supper or something yeah. And when I was when this was airing, I think the first season aired right before I turned five. It so, aired in two thousand five, yeah. didn't it? So yeah, it would yeah. Have been right before. So I yeah, five. I would have been right before I turned five. And I st- I remember uh, I talked about like uh, in the last episode there were a couple of books I remember from when I was a kid. I remember stuff that happened like i remember thinking it was weighty this was another one of those things that like even as a kid i was like this is good like this is gonna stick with me and it did and um yeah so you let's see you actually 
so it came out in February. So yeah, and your birthday's not till November. You would have been um, still quite a ways off from from five, but yeah, defi- and- definitely into your fours. Yeah, but I like like uh, Dad said. I I still wanted to sit down and watch it because obviously I was a kid. Like I watched cartoons and stuff, Nickelodeon and Boomerang and all that. I'll admit I was more of a Boomerang kid overall. I was never huge into SpongeBob or anything, but uh, uh, we we made the effort to watch Avatar. It yeah. was it was worthwhile. And I got to say that there's more good shows on Boomerang because you get a lot of the classics. You know, you'll get Bugs Bunny. You'll get um. You know, even old stuff like uh, Woody Woodpecker and that kind of thing once in a while. So, um, and I have to say that when you guys would watch newer cartoons, for the most part, you could almost just see the drool running out of the side of your face. But then if you watch something old that was engaging, uh, I mean, you'd sit there and laugh and roll around. I'm So that just tells me that the cartoons that I grew up with were the best. <laughs> Yeah. With the possible uh, exception admit, of Avatar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the obvious exception of Avatar here. So um, before I get into the rundown of the show, some, I'm, I'd like to talk about what a lot of people are calling the Avatar Renaissance. Oh, yeah. Since COVID. I heard as about of that. Within like the last year, year and a half, it's hard to say now with COVID, everything feels like it's still happening. But um, Avatar finally came to Netflix for the United States. And so, for so long, people were like, oh, this is on Netflix pretty much everywhere else. Why isn't it here? So when it came to Netflix in the US, there was just this resurgence of people watching it. They're like, wow, this is still such a great show. And I'm like, yeah, we all knew that. But thanks for reminding us, Netflix. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. I, we, I rewatched it. That was how I re- did my last year's rewatch. So here's, so. Some, here's some news you may not have. Because this just happened in February. I want to oh. say it was late February, 20-something, 24th maybe. Um, they created what they're calling the Avatar Network. and oh. And they're uh, – or, yeah, the Avatar Studio or something like that. And they are going to expand on – they're going to put out shows that expand on the Avatar universe. Interesting. I think I'd heard something in passing about that because uh, Google on my phone likes to give me news about stuff I've looked up before. And I have looked up stuff on Avatar before, obviously. Uh, So it does occasionally throw stuff in, but I didn't think much of it at the time. So that's really interesting. I'll have to keep an eye out for stuff like that because we've already had one spinoff in Legend of Korra, which you and I did not actually finish after... We started watching it right. during its first go around, and then we ended after season two. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch anything after season two, and um, I am going to go back and finish it. Though it wasn't a terrible show, but it just didn't hit me the same as the original did. Oh yeah, I think that's just the general consensus, quite honestly. And to and I to be fair, I feel extra bad because everyone says season three, like right after we stopped watching, was like the best season. Yeah. So, so uh, and again, I'm, I'm willing we to give it. A, I'm willing to give it a chance. It's just um, yeah. haven't gotten to it yet. Most definitely. So, as you may have gathered, just from the sheer number of things we've talked about about it, we talked a little bit about Fireflies. Kind of got like a cult following. 
Avatar has got a cult following. Like, yeah, if Firefly's cult is like in the backwoods, everyone like, yeah, we kind of know about them. Like, they're pretty big. Avatar like blows them out of the water. Like, they're not even on like the same island or whatever. Avatar is such a huge staple in pop culture now, just because of how incredibly popular it was with again kids like me who grew up with it and just older audiences as well and the avatar renaissance has really brought that cult back to the forefront and that was one of the things that i loved one of the things i absolutely loved about the show was yes it was made for kids but adults could sit down and enjoy it too because it didn't it didn't play down to children it treated them like they were intelligent people and you know moved a plot along so it was uh, it was enjoyable, you know, even as an adult. Yeah. And well, we won't talk about this very long, but that's also like, even like they're, they made a movie adaptation of the first season oh, when I was a kid. And even then, we that was the first movie I ever walked out of the theater going, wow, that wasn't a good film. <laughs> It, uh, wow! It was yeah. like straight up. People put it in like their worst movies of all time lists all the time, and I agree. It's awful. It's such a bastardization of the source material. And I'm it's sorry. Not, it's not even just awful in relation to the source material. It's just an awful movie, objectively. Well, yeah, and but the fact that like it just so blatantly disregards so many things just. Makes it even more insulting. Yeah, I was, um, I had high hopes, which should have told me right then that um, I shouldn't have even gone. So, yeah. So, that's all I'm saying about it. That movie was ever only seen the movie. I apologize. It's not a representation of the whole franchise, even a little bit. Um, Okay, so maybe I'll give an actual rundown of the show now. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Talked about how popular it is. Uh, it was actually only on for three seasons, which, especially when you consider TV shows nowadays that try and lengthen their runtimes as long as possible, they're like, how how does a show with such a short runtime get a cult following? But it's because they had an idea going in and they stuck with it. Like they had a beginning, middle, and end all planned out. It was very obvious where they were going with it. And you, so, say, you say three seasons. Yeah. Uh, so many shows have seasons of of so many varying lengths. Um, so this show had 61 total episodes. 20, yes. 21st season, 22nd season, and 21 in the last season. And yeah. so that, I mean, that's a fair number of uh, seasonal episodes for uh, even like anime. You're not going to see many shows that go over 26 episodes. And most of them will go, you know, half that. So, yeah. um, and these yeah. were all like 25 half hour long episodes. Like they were not long episodes either. It's not like an HBO show where everything's an hour long. Exactly. Right. So, uh, it was broken up into, <laughs> like we said, three seasons, uh, book one, water, book two, earth, and book three, which was fire. And those all corresponded to the, uh, the four, three of the four elements that the main character named Avatar Aang had to learn on his way to save the world. Right. So he was and, already an airbender. So yes, he already knew that. Yeah, so he had to learn the other three elements. Element. Yes. And that was his whole journey. He had to learn all three elements before the end of uh, the next summer. So like at start, I'm pretty sure it starts in the middle of winter and then travels through to that summer so technically the whole show only takes place over probably 
six to eight months yeah, in, in their time. Uh, that could be which the is case. another way to, that they really nailed the pacing there because if they'd had more time to stretch it out, there could have been, I don't know, just, I don't want to say excess, but I think that's a good way to kind of keep yourself honest. You're like, okay, we've got to do this much in this amount of time. And, and the reason that uh, he was on such a deadline was because that next summer, Sozin's Comet was supposed to show up and the most powerful um, clan of benders, the firebenders, um, when Sozin's Comet would show up, would become exponentially more powerful and they would end up taking over the world. And the Avatar needed to uh, bring balance back to everything. So he had to learn all of this and save the world uh, in a pretty truncated time period. Yeah. So, again, makes the stakes really high starting out, which is another, again, another way that this show's great. So let's stop with the rundown, get to our favorites and everything. I will want to stress, though, that if you have not taken advantage of the Avatar Renaissance or you are an Avatar noob, there will be major spoilers in this episode. Um, we're not going to shy away from any of the big stuff that happens. So if if you're at all interested in this fantastic show, you need to leave right so, now. Yeah, absolutely. And the... Um... Before we actually get into favorites, let's run down the list of at least main characters so that if there are people out there that don't know the show well, they'll, uh, they'll, and they're going to stick around, you know, they'll, uh, at least get an idea of what's going on. So, um, most of the characters in the show are what they call benders and they can, um, move a certain type of element. So, and usually one of the four major elements, air, earth, fire, water. Um, Aang is uh, an air nomad. And uh, the air nomads learned bending from air bison, uh, which, you know, huge buffalo looking things with white fur that um, they would end up um, riding, taking his mounts. So uh, Aang had his air bison named Appa. Um who could fly, which was a real benefit for the team. And then, um, the two, uh, water tribe members, uh, Katara and her, uh, brother Sokka, uh, rescued Aang from the iceberg that he was frozen in. So that's, uh, that's how, uh, the three of them met. And then along the way, they ended up picking up a earthbending teacher for Aang named Toph Beifong. And uh, who was uh, taught by badger moles how to do earthbending. And then when Aang needed a firebending instructor, um, one of the, uh, what started out being a villain in the movie, uh, Zuko, uh, who was the son of uh, Fire Lord. No, Ozai. Was it Ozai? It was Ozai. He was Ozai's son. Okay, so I, why did I think that, that was one of his previous lives? But okay, yeah, that makes sense. So it's Fire Lord Ozai. Zuko also had a completely off the rails crazy sister uh, named Azula. And uh, when uh, Zuko and Azula were hunting the Avatar, uh, trying to basically keep him from um, bringing balance back to the world, she picked up a couple of. Um, companions named may and ty lee um may was um 
an old girlfriend of Zuko's. And um, Ty Lee was, I don't remember, was she friends with May? Uh, they were they were both Azula's friends. Uh, both Tylee Azula's was friends. the quote unquote circus freak. She yeah. worked for the circus. She had like six sisters who looked exactly like her. So and she was really good at like martial arts, tumbling that kind of thing, and uh, even to the point that she could block your chi so that you couldn't bend uh, your element. Um, May was more of a straight up fighter through daggers, that kind of thing, and then Azula was um, a really powerful uh, firebender. To the point that she could even create lightning. So, um, and Zuko, while he was hunting the Avatar, he was doing so with his uncle, uh, Iroh, which uh, was one of my favorite characters in the show. Um, I mean, as, as it should be for everyone, Uncle yeah. Iroh's an icon. So, um, so I think that's most of the main characters. Um, the The gang does run into a group of Kyoshi warriors, um, which uh, were... Um, they they weren't benders, but they um, they kind of worshipped uh, a previous avatar, Avatar Kyoshi, who was an Earthbender. Um, and out of that group of uh, Kyoshi warriors, uh, one that stands out is uh, Suki, which also became one of my favorite characters. Yep. Um, I think that's all of them. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else who was like a main antagonist yeah. or a main protagonist so yeah okay so he kind of kind of becomes more of a main character later on yeah and at least in season three so yeah Uh, okay so let's do best and worst all right uh well we just did characters so let's actually go ahead and do those first who is your favorite character out of or favorite main character let's start there favorite main character how far down the ladder does main go uh, one of the, I'll say in the main group of heroes or the main group of antagonists. So does that uh, does that mean that Zuko counts? And yes, Zuko one hundred percent counts. Um. Okay. So if I if I had to pick my very favorite character that was like part of Aang's group, um, I'm sticking with Toph Beifong. I think I knew you'd say that. It was between a couple for me, but I think I knew you were going to say Toph. Um, I Zuko became more interesting the longer that the, the longer that he was on the show, but um, uh, Toph was uh, she started out great, and I think she even just got better. Yeah, I agree with you. And also, props to the people who created Toph because she was a she was a blind, so a disabled character in a very popular children's TV show. And that's a huge thing. Like sure. if you think about it, there's not a whole lot of like just in general representation, especially in like animated shows where that's a thing. So she was one of the most powerful benders out there, or especially earth benders. Yeah. And she was completely blind. She couldn't see the way other people could. And that's really amazing. She actually saw through vibrations that she picked up. She always went barefoot. And, uh, so she would feel the vibrations in the ground and that's how she would see things. And, uh, not only that, but making her so powerful that she invented a new form of bending. She was the first metal bender ever. So, yeah. Soft yeah. badass. I agree with you. She's a great favorite character choice. So how about you? Favorite? 
Uh, mine is actually probably one of the main group that is not a lot of people's favorite. Um, Aang has actually always been my favorite of the original group. Okay. Why? How come? I, well, as a kid, it was just easy to identify with him just because he was so positive all was, the time. And, and he you was know, the main character. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, obviously when you're like five, that's easy to, it's easy to see why. But uh, as I got older, I realized it's, interesting to portray someone so powerful as not only a 12 year old but someone who's he's definitely not a flawless character and his flaws are the things that end up winning him the day like uh he's so strict with like he's a vegetarian like he's he's so uh like he's very spiritual he tries to stick to what the monks taught him a hundred years ago and he's the last, he's literally the last hope his people will ever have to leave a cultural impact on the world because the rest are gone. It's just him. So he has, he feels that responsibility on his shoulders, not only to save the world, but to preserve the heritage of his people. And as a result, that leads to him making some very big and emotional and dramatic choices that are maybe sometimes more in the best interests of himself or in keeping his culture alive because maybe there were more practical ways to go about specific things but uh it's it's hard to tell sometimes because he does try to remain very optimistic and positive but i don't know i think especially when you have characters like zuko and toff and just these other big great personalities that are so much more immediately layered i think people kind of overlook ang a lot which I think is a mistake because if you look deeper into his actions throughout the series, as he goes along, he really, there's a lot of growth there and he's a much more interesting character than he would appear on first glance. He's not just the main protagonist. Like he's, he actually does go through a decent amount of growth and his decisions are maybe not always the best or uh, least impulsive decisions, but they still work out for him. So uh, his actions seem justified in the end. So I, I liked Aang. I, I liked, seriously, I liked all the characters, but uh, my biggest problem with Aang was that he seemed to have these these high moral beliefs, like you're saying, you know, and when you said the monks taught him 100 years ago, that's because, yeah, and he was only 12, he was frozen in the ice for that long. So, um, hang on. Sorry. Um, so, what uh, what I felt would happen though was that he would make progress as a character and backslide and so i i kind of felt like instead of just making solid progress throughout the story he would do something and then it, in my opinion his character just would backslide some so ang was amongst <laughs> uh, my least favorite characters um, he wasn't my least favorite of the, of the main group, but, um, I just didn't find him as intriguing. I did, however, appreciate how he ended things. So, oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. you know, sticking to his beliefs and, and how, uh, you know, not, uh, not actually killing Fire Lord Ozai. And I think it's important to mention that as well, because you did mention that like he kind of backslides. And I agree with you. I think part of the reason that happened, and that was another reason, like, um, 
like when I was looking over the characters again, as I've been watching the show, as I've gotten older, I was like, oh, maybe I resonate more with this character in these ways. But I think I think like the reason he backslides is because he's still so staunchly like there's a part of him that will always be trapped in that airbender culture and trapped in that past. And even though he's still learning new things, he just, he reverts to what he knows so much to kind of keep that alive. So that's maybe why it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. I totally agree with what you're saying. Cause I think he does, but I think that there's more of a character reason behind it than just sloppy writing. If that makes sense. Okay. Well, that's fair. So yeah. then how about your least favorite character? <laughs> I, I went back and forth on this so long. Um, I said, I, my actual answer is how do I pick? Seriously, they're all so good. But um, I guess gun to my head, if you ask me to uh, say one of them, I guess, I guess it would be Katara. Ding, ding, ding. We agree. Um, but it's, it's really almost like it could be like the, like any of like the ones below Aang, I could make an argument that feel like, oh, but there's this and this and this and this and this reason why they should be my least favorite. But I think of all my head, if you ask me right now to pick one, I guess I'd say Katara. I think of all the characters, she had the least growth and not power, power wise. She probably had the most growth uh, uh, other than, you know, the avatar. But um, I just, I think that emotionally and, and as a character, she had the least amount of growth of any character on the show or uh, any of the main characters anyway. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think that's true. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's also who I put down for my least favorite. So, um, okay, so that's uh, most and least favorite characters. What's next? All right, uh, sticking with... Uh characters before we go into more best and worst uh well actually before we even ask that question which do you think was the best side character so not in the main group not in the main group of antagonists just okay character that they run across on their journey that you think is worth mentioning so as much as i love suki iroh yeah i I would consider iroh a main character though okay i would yeah i would consider like zuko iroh azula Maybe not Tylee and May, but like the main like firebending family, I would consider them all main characters. All right. So if that's the case, I I don't even know if we're calling Iroh a main character, I may pick him over Toph. Okay. Um, yeah. Iroh's a fantastic character. Yeah, Let's uh, just throw that out there. So, um, hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm not going to change my answer, but. So then if I had to pick a side character, I would say that um, Suki was my favorite. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Suki's a great character. Uh, she was almost my pick for this, but I actually picked uh, Sokka and Katara's dad, Chief Hakoda. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he was one of those characters that I was a little, like, when he was introduced, I was like, oh, he's only going to be in, like, two episodes, and then he's just going to vanish again. But he actually ended up being a really interesting character. And especially in season three, um, a big part of Sokka's character development. And he really felt like his own entity, not just like something used to move the plot along. Like I was kind of afraid he was going to be. But no, I actually ended up really liking him a lot. And as much crap as I give uh, Katara for uh, not growing throughout the series, Sokka had an incredible amount of character growth. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And part of it was what you were just talking about. 
that's that leads into my next question. Uh, which of the main characters do you think has the best overall character arc? Okay, so as much as um, I as much as I think that Sokka had great growth, most of the characters did. Uh, I'm going to say the best character arc, probably because it got the most time, was Zuko's. I also put Zuko number one followed by Sokka. I mean, that's just such a great way to do a redemption arc. Yeah, it was. Like, uh, if there is a textbook example for how to write a character in a redemption arc, look at Avatar. Look at Zuko's arc. It's so bloody fantastic. Perfectly paced almost. And you, and you get to see so unreal. much of him because early on he's after the Avatar and, you know, he's got his uncle there in his ear all the time. And then later, after he's changed his ways, he's with the Avatar and continues that growth. Yeah, so, it's it's really wonderful. Like, we and could devote a whole issues. episode just to Zuko. <laughs> yeah, and he's got daddy issues, so. Oh, I mean, that's <laughs> half the reason for his needing a redemption arc right there, but... Um. Oh, gosh. Okay, yeah, so, I know. Zuko's definitely the big one. Yep, I agree. Okay. Uh, I'll agree with that. All right, so back to best and worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the best season? Oh, um, so in order, worst to best, it's season one, two, three. So I think the best season was the last season, and the worst season was the first season. I had the exact same order. Yeah, So it, and and that makes sense to me because... Uh, I, I think that all shows should be that way. You should like what has been built upon more than you like the beginning. Sadly, that's not always the case, but with Avatar, it is. I'm not saying the first season was bad, but it uh, it laid the foundation as it was supposed to and got the ball rolling, introduced you to the world and the characters and that sort of thing. And then you started having fun with the characters and the and the plots and you know, what was going on. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely think that, uh, uh, worst to best season one, season two, season three. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think, uh, in general, there are more at like, if you asked me to make like a top 10 list of my favorite avatar episodes, I would probably have more episodes from season two in there than three. But I think the reason season three works so well is for exactly the reason you said, like there were more opportunities, especially for character growth in the third season, because you you're, you're finally in the thick of it. Like you're in the nitty gritty, like you're about to go fight the main bad guy. You've been going after this whole time, but also that, that character development that you're able to get in that time, like you're really in the thick of war now. Right. And, all these foundations you've had so far are really setting up for that third season to be worth it. So even if if there were a couple more filler episodes and something like season three, I think it all flowed together better because the characters have finally been established. They're finally getting ready for the final battle. They're just kind of allowed to be themselves. Okay. So and you still get a great product out of it. And I am a hundred percent in agreement with you about if you just said, Hey, pick your favorite episode. Um, my favorite episode actually is out of season two. Uh, and there Minus were two. there were great episodes, Cave of Two Lovers, The Swamp. I loved The Swamp. Oh my god, that was hilarious! Um, <laughs> it was. So uh, Avatar Day, that was fun to watch. Uh, the Blind Bandit, where we get to see Toph for the first time. Um, yeah. So um, you've got the library. 
the desert. And um, so, oh, and Appa's Lost Days. That was in season two. I was going to say, the whole middle of, to the end of season two is just top-notch writing right yeah. there. So, uh, so uh, again, I, I agree with what you're saying. There were great episodes, but I enjoyed the third season more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, uh, is, uh, best worst season. So what is your favorite episode then? Um, okay, man. <sighs> All right. What do you think my favorite episode is? <laughs> it's so hard because this could be either a really serious episode or one of the really hilarious episodes. Okay. So pick one of each for me because I actually okay. wrote a serious episode and a, okay. Uh, okay. And- okay. Okay. I know you're really partial to cave of two lovers. Okay. So I want to throw that in as your funny episode. That, yeah, although that's Ember it. Island that's players would also be up there. Absolutely. Uh, that yeah. was one of the best, most fun episodes of Avatar. <laughs> So, yes. And a serious episode? God, that's so damn hard because there's so many good ones. Um, Although I will say The Beach was a very close second for my favorite funny episode. Yeah, The Beach is good. Was it that or, – or was that not the one where they went to the play? Uh, no, Ember Island Players was the one. Ember Island Players. Play. That was the one. Because, yeah, where they actually went to the play and got to see themselves personified. That was yeah, hilarious. That was, that, that's such a great meta episode, guys. Uh, but, oh God, serious episode. Um, it came out of season three. Okay. Well, that changes my answer then. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Um, the third Sozin's Comet episode into the Inferno where Azula's finally losing her mind. I, that was a really, really great episode. My actual pick is the puppet master. Ah, oh, that was another, yeah, because ah, freaking Hama, man. Yeah, so oh, um, th- with the blood bending, that was just badass. Yeah. Uh, it, she, Hama was another big, uh, she was another high on my best side character list. Uh, she didn't beat out, there were a couple that she didn't beat out, but she's a, that's such a, such a creepy episode. It Most is. of the time, Avatar's not that creepy, but that one gave me the heebie-jeebies even yep. as a kid. But, uh, that'll rattle you, especially if you're young. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, no, maybe, maybe that was really what sparked my hatred of like evil dolls before I got into true crime and supernatural shit. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 none of that. And right. so, and if you made me pick your funny episode, I would say the Ember Island players, just because you're so partial to theater. Oh yeah. A hundred. <laughs> also just any meta episode where you're literally just making fun of everything that's happened in your show so far. I don't think there's a better one out there straight up. I don't. And let, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that one is and let's shout out to the cabbage merchant. <laughs> <laughs> Best running yeah. gag ever. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what do you think my favorite serious episode is then? Um, okay. Cause you nailed my favorite, uh, at least not serious one. Let's see. Uh, so, I'll say it's season three. Okay. Um, uh, 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 let's see. Is it a two-parter? No. Okay. I don't think there are any two-parters in yep. uh, season there, two. There, oh, you said, you said your serious one came out of season two. 
I thought you said yes, three. yes, yes, yes. It's not a two part, or it uh, came out of season two. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Um, oh man. Um, I will say. Jeez, this is tough. Um, Appa's Lost Days. It's a Appa's Lost Days is a good answer. My favorite episode of Avatar ever, by a decent margin, actually, is the Crossroads of Destiny. Oh, that was the, the that was finale. finale. Yeah, that was good. Oh God, it's so bloody fantastic. That is, I love. I think all the finale episodes in this show, whether they're two part or four part or one parter are excellent. I think that's, um, so, uh, the Sozin's Comet is a great way to end the series. Siege of the North is a great way to show that the Avatars really got that power, but Crossroads of Destiny, it it still hits me every damn time. Hmm. Every time. Uh, I, I won't mention this moment when we talk about great moments later then, but and getting struck by lightning in the Avatar state after he's just decided to like detach from the world and like give up Katara in some way, shape, or form, and then gets shot down by lightning and actually dies by Azula. Oh man, by Azula! Yes, Azula is the one that shoots him down, not any of the other antagonists. And every time, every like I know it's coming, I'm ready for it, and every time it still hits me the exact same damn way. It's so, so good. And that whole episode is really good, let me be clear. But that moment in particular, just every time. Every single time. And if it hadn't been for Katara, Aang would have died. Oh, yeah, no. Avatar would have been gone. And the Avatar wouldn't have been reincarnated either because he died in the Avatar state. In the Avatar state, that's right. Yeah, so big, weighty moment right there. And, oh, God, it's so, so good. That's another one of these episodes that I think I could just gush about all day long. Yeah, that was definitely good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, what's your least favorite episode then? Oh boy. Um, I all right. I'm going to put this out there, whether or not I, I would really have to. I think I need to watch the series again because um, I haven't watched it yet this year. Um. I'm going to say this episode because I think that it was a bad device in general for the show. Um, and that was in uh, season one. It, okay. w- it was an episode called um, uh, The Waterbending Scroll. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, um, you know, at the time, you know, Katara didn't know as much about water bending, so they found this scroll, basically stole it. And I thought that that was um, lazy. Um, so, and there, again, uh, all, they're all good episodes. They're all fun to watch, but um, I thought that they could have gone about uh, doing this a better way, I guess. Yeah. You can say that about a few of the episodes in season one. So I completely understand where you're coming from. I did think yours would be in season one. But I had no idea which episode you'd pick. I had a few in mind. Um, but uh, yeah, the mine ver- is not from season one, surprisingly enough. Okay. Uh, mine is actually from season three. 
which I know is super ironic because I just said it was my favorite season, but uh, episode three of season three, The Painted Lady. Yep. Where Katara pretends to be like this river spirit. Right. And- it, it just... <laughs> I, I never understood why it didn't hit me as well as some of these, like, cause the filler episode that came before it, the headband, I think is bloody fantastic. I think it's hilarious. I think it's fun. A lot of people give it shit. I think it's great, but, um, and it's also I precedes think, one of, uh, one of, uh, my favorite season three episodes, which is Sokka's master. Yeah, exactly. So it's between two episodes. I very much enjoy. And I don't even not enjoy this one. I just think it's, and again, like I said, I had no idea why this one didn't resonate with me as much. But it was too then, wally. They had yeah, they had well, to have an ego that terrorist. For starters. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but um, and some someone I watch on YouTube, I don't remember which YouTuber it was, or I'd give them a shout out here. But they mentioned that they're like, this one was so obviously just about like environmentalism and right. everything and like how that's so important. And it's like, normally I don't mind when stuff like that's brought up, but the entire show of avatar is pretty much like you can read environmental messages in basically every episode and they don't need to be that heavy handed. They were right. doing it very effectively already. So yeah. I don't think they needed to make it that clear. Yep, I'm on board. Like it was very obvious that the Fire Nation was kind of like, especially with all their machinery and everything, uh, and dirty, thinking they're like a superior yeah. race or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, it's kind of polluting not only like the mines, but also the landscape because they're not taking advantage of necessarily their natural resources kind of thing. So it's like, I never felt like it needed to be that heavy handed. Yeah, I'll go along. I think that um, that was probably one of the weakest episodes in season three. Yeah. All right. So we've done favorite and least favorite episodes. So what do you think is the most underrated episode? Or if you can't think of an underrated one necessarily, one that you liked way more than you thought you would. Oh, um, boy. I don't know. Um, you, you brought up, season three the episode the headband uh that could yeah. that could have been a really trashy episode or kind of a throwaway and but they made it really good um yeah. so maybe that one uh, i don't know yeah. usually so that one's usually i didn't go question. into these things expecting you know I, because I, I was just kind of caught along for the story um i so it's hard for me to say that um, I think that, I, I think that, um, the, um, oh, the Ember Island players could have been a crap episode and they made it fun. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I would have to think about it for a while, but those two kind of come to mind. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I've actually thought about this, uh, a decent amount because, uh, your favorite, uh, a more comedic episode, Cave of Two Lovers, is one that it's, people usually throw in their lower brackets, and I think it's hilarious. I love that episode so much. Secret tunnel, secret tunnel. And die. It's so good. But um, if I had to pick one that wasn't that obvious, um, one that really surprised me, and one that doesn't get talked about very much, surprisingly, from what I've noticed, um, the season three pilot episode, The Awakening, 
I was so it's I was a little worried after Crossroads of Destiny, which I even as a kid I love, 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 loved. I was like, this could not be as like I, I felt like it wouldn't pack as big of a punch, and it didn't. It it was the right amount of punch to start off season three, and I, it dealt with some of these more feelings of like Ang realizes it's like he's like no I was actually gone I was really gone like I almost failed the world entirely and he kind of has to deal with that and they do it very well in a 20 minute episode like uh, it's not really dwell- like we mentioned like you go to like the headband of the painted lady and Sokka's master and all that and yeah those are probably slightly more filler more character development type episodes but for a season opener I think the awakening does a really good job and like I said it's not really talked about that much so I wouldn't I, like Sokka's master as much as I did so it was a good episode and yeah. it was fun to watch but you were right when I first watched it I thought eh filler and but then it became important later in the season because a Sokka's master was part of the white Lotus society and yeah. B um, Sokka picked up some skill and a uh, space sword <laughs> um, that he ended up using in the final conflict. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it was more developmental than filler. Yes. I a hundred percent agree with you. So um, what's next? All right. Uh, let's do, I talked about my big Crossroads Destiny moment already, but uh, is there a moment from the show that really either hit you in the feels or struck you with something really spectacular? So this is where I bring up Appa's Lost Day. Yeah. Um, that was uh, because, I mean, you knew how Aang was reacting to losing his air bison and lashing out and that sort of thing. And obviously very sad but then you get an entire episode from Appa's point of view and how, and how hard it was on him. And I was like, you know, and he's big and fluffy and he shouldn't have to go through all of that. So <laughs> you're right. You're right. So 100%, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was one that I was like, Oh no, you can't be mean to Appa. And, Any other character, honestly, like not Appa. Uh, and then, you know, of course, Azula was after him and uh, then the Kyoshi warriors, uh, they all got captured uh, by Azula, May and Ty Lee, but they, uh, they got Appa off before he got captured by somebody else. Uh, it was the Dai Li, right, that ended up capturing him? Yes, uh, yeah. Dai Li and Long Fang, the leader Long of Fang. the Dai Li, right. ended up capturing him. And that was in Omashu? Uh, Bossing Se. Bossing, Bossing Se, yeah. Yeah, Bossing Se is the big, big Earth Kingdom city that they went to. Omashi was King Boomy. That's right. Who <laughs> was another great side character. Exactly. Also part of the White Lotus Society. Yeah. Oh my gosh, all these old folk. Yeah. All um, right. Uh, I wrote down a few. Uh, obviously, Crossroads of Destiny was one. Um, there's a really good season two episode that a lot, uh, this is one that a lot of people cite as their favorite, which I totally get. Um, Zuko alone. It's literally just following Zuko as he's traveling throughout the earth kingdom. And he comes across this little earth kingdom town and works for a small family, like repairing their roof and stuff. And so he can get a little bit extra coin and get some hot meals and stuff. He's not with his uncle at this point. He's lit. That's why it's called Zuko alone. He's kind of trying to figure himself out. Yep. And, 
there's a moment when he's in a fight with like these goons that have been terrorizing this town and you know he's eventually going to have to firebend and then he does and you know immediately this family that's been super supportive of him so far is going to reject him and they do is that all hits me every time isn't that the episode where the daughter and the family had been burned on the leg by a firebender was that the same one no that um i don't believe so no this was when when he meets the boy named lee oh yeah yeah uh, okay. like who, that's who he steals the name from later on when when they're in bossing say uh no one ever talks about that but it's, i'm sure it's true and yeah so you just know that like this family this again like i said has been super supportive and they're like oh yeah no it's okay like i know we barely know you but you can come into our home we'll take care of you for a bit that kind of thing and they immediately reject him after learning who he is and it's very sad but another small one that i think is good uh there's a episode in season two called the tales of bossing say where you're just kind of following the different members of the protagonist group throughout bossing say and there's one with Toph and Katara, and they have a spa day. And at the very end, Katara just tells Toph, because Toph can't see what she looks like after the spa day or anything, and there have been other girls making fun of her. And Katara tells her she thinks she's really pretty. And Toph can tell when someone is lying. And so you know that was a genuine moment, because she didn't call her out on it. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> like, honestly, like, they don't have a whole lot of bond. Like, they're always a little bit at odds, those two are. So it was nice to have that little moment with them right there. <laughs> okay. So those two hit me hard. Um, so, um, are we, we talked about in our last podcast, our favorite of each element. And yeah, what kind and, of a bender we would be. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely did cover this in the last episode, if you listen to it. Uh, I'd be a waterbender. Dad would be an earthbender. Absolutely. And yeah. um, and also, I would say earth is my favorite of the four elements. Yeah. I think my favorite is probably air, just because I think it's like just almost deceptively powerful. Like... <laughs> There's a moment in the first season where you see one of Aang's old mentors in a room full of dead firebenders. And, like, he's the only dead air nomad in there, but, like, the floor is littered with dead firebenders. Yeah. And it's kind of implied that maybe he kind of sucked all the air out of the room. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like, that's a thing. go off. Yeah. Just casually suffocate everyone to death. Um, but yeah, stuff, but also just, I think airbending is one of those. It's like, it's almost like waterbending where it's kind of flowy, but it requires more like quick finesse. So I think it's really interesting, but, uh, yeah. So it's probably my favorite, even though I know I could never really be an airbender. I'm not that spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what else? All right. I think... I think my last question is give me your, or last comment, give me your favorite quote from the show Two, If you really feel like it, <laughs> nobody react to what I'm about to tell you, but I think that kid might be the avatar. <laughs> <laughs> that whole episode's full of great one liners. It's so Sokka. Why is your face red? <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, and then I could throw out, I don't know, 50 quotes from Iroh. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I loved when he was like, uh, you know, this, uh, this plant is the, and he comes up with a name, which makes a delectable tea. Or it's in this other plant, which is like a deadly poison. <laughs> and then he ends up making the tea and it's a poison. Campbell's with these plants. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, that was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, if you, if you made me, if you made me pick, it would be, um, yeah, don't react. Yeah. <laughs> and then you find out why Sokka's face is red. Face bombs. Whap. Oh uh, god. Yeah. My favorite quote is also an Iro quote. Um when he and Zuko are finally getting ready to go into bossing say and he orders some tea and it's awful tea. And he's like, This tea is nothing more than hot leaf juice. And Zuko just kinda looks at him and goes, Uncle, that's what tea is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then of course there's the always iconic my girlfriend turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> the best meme yeah. to come out of the show by far is "That's rough, buddy." Uh, yeah, and the uh, like I said, the whole show's full of great quotes. You know, yeah. some are inspirational. A bunch of them are funny. Uh, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was worthwhile. So. Um, and I love the secret tunnel song. Same Everyone episode. One of my favorite web comics made a reference to that episode. Like they, some of the authors on Webtoon will put like little comments at the end of their thing. They'll be like, "Oh, hey, thanks for reading," or whatever. They'll put like a little summary or whatever. And a couple of the characters were like hiding in a cave or whatever, and they were like had this like little secret hideaway. And then at the end, they wrote "secret tunnel," and I lost my shit. I was like, "Oh my god, I know that reference." <laughs> and so, what do the uh, and the the woman that was with that group of players? They're like, "So, uh, torture will last like eight hours." Oh, we got three of them, so she lights them all. So that's like twenty four hours. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work if you light them all at once. Uh, so, oh god, yeah, all right. so many great moments in this show. So I have. A surprise question for you. Oh, and you, so as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, there aren't a lot of weak writing bits uh, that you're going to fight find in the show. I have one that I kind of take issue with, and I, I have seen this on the internet as well. And but I wondered in season three, you remember when the White Lotus Society went in and basically single handedly took back a city. Yes. Okay. Here's my question. Why yes. the hell didn't the White Lotus Society train Aang? And I, I've i wondered that... Well, we, we learned why Boomy didn't. And Paku, kind, Paku did for a while. So that, that one, I've seen that before, but it doesn't bother me as much because when Aang was in the North Pole, he did learn from Paku. But then when they knew they'd have to keep traveling... Katara was obviously the better student, and Paku was like, okay, Katara, you take over. And then Zhang Zhang was Aang's quote-unquote original firebending teacher, but then 
Aang hurt Katara, and then he was all scared of firebending again until it was a necessity. Right. Like a real necessity, like learning the elements in order. But here's my and thing. Then, the White yeah, Lotus Society it, knew what was going on, what was at stake, and they were just kind of like, okay, I'm going to train you for a little while in this and that. Well, you know what? Uh, there's an obstacle, so now it's you're on your own. Ah, yeah. That just didn't that didn't uh, sit right with me. Yeah, no, I, I get why they did it for the story because just having all these old dudes traveling along with them could have been. It, I think it would have ruined the White Lotus surprise at the end, which I think yes, it was a good payoff to know that like all of these guys had been working behind the scenes at the end. I understand what people are saying, I really do, but I don't think the show would have been as interesting if they'd done it that way. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. So awesome. I, I get it, but also like I get why they didn't do it that way. Well, Hey, we're coming up on an hour. You got anything else to add other than uh, people should watch this incredible show? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so, but yes, watch the show. It's literally on Netflix everywhere. Now you have no excuse not to. Um, it's, like I said, all the episodes are like 20 minutes long, 20 to 30 minutes long. So if you've only got, if you're like, oh, I don't really have time to watch a TV show, I promise you, you probably have time to watch like one episode before you go to work or something. Like you can get through it real slow. It doesn't need to be fast, but it is worthwhile. Like I said, this may be the least flawed product we endorse. Yeah, and it's it really is. It really, really is really great. And, and again, it's something that adults can watch just as much as... Uh, kids get enjoyment out of it so um yeah um if you haven't yet watch it and if you have watch it again uh, i know i'm gonna there's a lot of there's a lot of good uh rewatch value there so yeah um well hey i appreciate you doing this um yeah, I, I know a, i know your schedule's a little tight but uh i'll let you get back to your food so uh until next time i'm the past and I'm the prologue. And we will talk to you later. See you next time.